Welcome, Black Hollywood Life fans. On today's Fit Club, we talk the global six-pack craze, can bad news make you sick, and much more with America's next top model alums, Matthew Smith and Keith Carlos. Stay tuned for more. You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, Fit Club. Hey, what's up, Fit Clubbers? We are back. That music you hear in the back is Cardi B featuring Mr. Keith Carlos in the video. What's up, man? What's going on? How you doing? Great to have you guys in. Keith Carlos, Matthew Smith. What's up, man? Um, again, my name is Shaka Smith. You guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Shaka Strong. Where can they find you, Mr. Trinidad? You can find me on everything at TK Trinidad, talking that ish. And where can they find you guys? You can find me on Instagram at Keith Carlos and at Matthew Stephen Smith. Well, again, thank you guys for joining us. we got a slate of some great stories and excited to catch up with you guys uh, post America's Next Top Model. But uh, congratulations on this this music video. Oh, man. Song. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, Cardi B right now is like killing it. On so. fire. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Great to be a part of that little story. Yes, sir. Okay. Was she, preg- was she pregnant? She was, but they uh, heard her... Um, Designer and stylist uh, Colin Carter, he hit it very well. And now, did they make you sign a um, an NDA? Uh, I believe, yeah. Did you know? So you knew she was pregnant. Of course, everyone knew yeah. she was pregnant. Okay, but nobody, they, there was just rumors. She didn't confirm it. Really? Yeah. But when she was I do. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. well, I work for TMZ, so we was talking okay. about it all the time, yeah. and it's like we think, but she didn't confirm it until after the fact that uh-huh. she was. So yeah. if you had, if I had known you, I would have. You, I she thought, hit it I very well. Like it yeah. was like very public knowledge from Me too. Uh, Coachella. It was before Coachella. We thought she was pregnant back. She actually she went to Carnival in Trinidad. We thought she was pregnant, and in back in February, and she didn't confirm it until Coachella. And when did you guys uh, film the video? After Coachella? Oh, Probably oh, about then, then you, oh. four weeks ago. Then now, we all knew then. Oh, Yo, that's a quick turnaround. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cardi B. The video came it. out three weeks, so yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Vigorous. And they <laughs> right. slid into his DM. That's how they got him. Yeah. Oh, actually, really? yeah. Look at that. Um, Social media is working. It was 11 o'clock when I got the DM. I was yeah. on set two hours away from where I live. Nice. I want to say at 4 a.m., yeah. so no sleep. Was so, there all day. So you pay attention. You, you make you check the notifications. Yeah. That's another conversation. You already know me so well. I was just like, we're just going to go somewhere else. Our first story up is the global six-pack craze. Um, apparently China, which has kind of long praised a thin body, has now kind of moved towards a more muscular body. Um, and they're the, the, a lot of gyms are popping up over there. Um, they're not traditionally about exercise, but that's sort of what's been the leading trend of this year on their different social media sites. Um, even women's only gyms have popped up. I've wondered, like, what have you guys seen um, in terms of kind of going around the world, modeling and now traveling? Like, you guys have this new show that you guys are doing. Um, what have you guys seen in terms of Western trends when it comes to body image, and how have you guys kind of played with that or thought about it? Well, I've noticed that they, uh, the modeling industry is uh, leaning more towards um, shapelier bodies yeah. and muscular-fitted uh, bodies. So uh, me, myself, I have that. I have muscles. Um, so it's it's worked in my favor. And, uh, yeah, I really can't complain about it, <laughs> honestly. Uh... I mean, listen. I heard that. The, I heard you said that basically the Asian markets are now catching on to yeah. uh, fitness, which scares me, because <laughs> they are the best at anything they choose to be. So, um, yeah, I think they're going to own that as well pretty soon. As that's, I mean, that's how I look at it. Uh, good job sure. to you guys. But I don't know. I think it's good. You know, the fact that we're moving in a healthy direction. I, th- yeah. I don't think there's anything bad about that. I mean, as long as it stays healthy, obviously, as as we all know, fitness can go very unhealthy quickly mm-hmm. if, if you uh, go, you know, that way. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it looks good on girls and women, by the way. Like, you know, I think that fitness on women, like real fitness on women looks 
the sexiest for sure. Yeah, that's one of the yes. biggest, I think one of the biggest hashtags they had with Majia Jean, which is like their sort of hashtag for six-pack abs, mm-hmm. the vest lines. And it's a lot of females that are actually kind of pushing um, pushing this sort of new found ideal of accepting this sort of muscular, more toned body. What about the males? Are they, because it's like when you think of stereotypes, right? Yeah. It's like you, you think of the stereotypes as far as what... Um, race of male fits into what and you know for instance they did a study with the whole tinder and tinder as far as it was black females and asian males they are not getting swiped like they get swiped (laughs) the least so it's just kind of like maybe they want to kind of fight buck the stereotype and it's like no we're not we're not we're not weak we're not this we're not that and even though you you may think that now you see it on a physical level it's like no you can never think that and kind of dispel that stereotype that can be something yeah and I think with social media they're getting exposed to a lot more of that sort of western appetite Mm -hmm. that praises these certain looks and then when you look through these hashtags you're seeing a certain type of body so I think it's cultivating that Mm -hmm. Uh, have you guys like in your career had to try to like vacillate between being muscular or super thin Um, especially as like really kind of really tall guys in the modeling industry might be hard to put on muscle how has that sort of been has that been a concern well, with me coming from a uh, professional sports football background, I have a, a more uh, muscular and broad frame, and I've tried to lose weight and you know look, have that slender look, but my body just won't go there. So it's just I had to uh, accept you know myself and what I have and just work with it, you know, yeah. and make people love what I have. And not you know hate myself because I couldn't get you know smaller. So yeah. that, that's funny because one of the um, women who kind of started this women's gym in Beijing, she noted that part of working out became this acceptance of what people were because you realize no matter how hard you work out, there are certain limitations. So you actually yeah. begin to accept that you can only make yourself the best you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. Um, but that's actually kind of cool. Uh, I, I like that point because um, yourself your best you. The you know it's, it, there's a hashtag live your best right. life. You yeah. know what I mean. Uh, but when I th- and I think you could speak to this, Shaka. Um, you begin to love yourself more too when you realize, like your shape, you know your uh, your look, like physically, you yeah. know. Um, and maybe that's something that's cultural culturally uh, driven. Is like people kind of envy someone else's body or their abilities. But um, I think that people that work out constantly and they kind of start to figure out their best you. Um, you kind of learn to love it. I mean, I-, I think so. Yeah, I think well, consistently over time, you just realize well. Okay, maybe I wanted to look like this guy, but like I'm working my butt off. I'm doing everything right, right and I just don't look like that. But I really look amazing. I'm happy with what I do have, mm-hmm. and so I think that kind of leads to acceptance of well, this is my body, and I'm making it the best I can make it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to love. You have to learn to love yours. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I mean, I, I love that that trend is taking off. So um, well, we'll see it globally uh, if it translates to dollars. Maybe that's a good market to, <laughs> to get into yeah, when it comes into Definitely. fitness. And especially at, like if we're talking like culturally, ethically, ethic differences, like. Um, there are different niches as far as like the, the physique can look. Yeah. Um, so that's also going to be interesting to watch too. Yeah. Know, and then also too on a on a business side, um, you might think about this because I know in Dubai when it became a big trend, they were actually flying a lot of personal trainers out from North America, Canada, and the U.S. Um, to Dubai. So they might be doing that as well. So uh, just let it, me know a couple weeks in advance. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for me as like a vegan or. I see that those diets don't rely much, don't rely too much on meat. So I think if you start to see a lot of these very muscular bodies coming out of there, you'll also see people saying, well, meat's not what you need to create that body. They can create it in different ways. So I think right. that's also another positive um, potential outcome. Yeah, but, um, uh, fitness, health, and diet, man, that teaches you a lot about just life. Like, truly, what you can do, what you can't do, uh, it, it pushes you. It, I mean, like, you know, I like working out because you're practicing failure daily. That's yeah. why I like it, because yeah. you are failing daily, and what it really teaches you is is over overcoming failure daily. 
and that's a, a trait that comes with success and you're practicing it daily with uh, your physique so like you know you gotta love the process not the outcome kind of kind of yeah. thing and um it's like, man, if you can go crush it every single day. I mean, if you're trying to run distances or, or lift weights that you're not used to, you're going to fail. And, and the best part about practicing failure is that if you're going to go there tomorrow, you already over, overbeat it. And that kind of sticks with you on, like, many other platforms, business-wise, um, you name it. You know, it's just kind of building that mindset. That's why I think fitness does kind of parallel success. Yeah. Um, not so much the physique itself, but the mental stimu- uh, uh, training that you have to learn to, to have. Dang, I wish you were at the gym with me this morning. Yeah, right. <laughs> I needed your motivation. You're going to fail, yeah. and you're going to love it. Yes, I thought I was like sweating and failing uh, and not wanting to be here. That message would have helped. It would have resonated yeah. well. well <laughs> speaking of positive news, uh, there's some studies out there to show that bad news can actually make you sick, make you ill. And the what kind of underlined the study was the fact that we're so accessible to bad news. Um, between Twitter and, you know, our different forms of media, we are constantly inundated with bad news, whereas before you might have heard about something that happened, you know, in Hawaii or something that happened across the world kind of intermittently, but now it's sort of constantly inundated by it. And it's leading to adrenal fatigue, um, lack of sleep, anxiety, depression, um, even chronic stress can lead to headaches, muscle tension, stomach problems as well. So people are having trouble coping and... I guess the takeaway was that really we need to engage in self-care as we are kind of being hit with the problems of the world. But we want to stay engaged and solve them, but we also have to make sure that we're kind of okay too. Mm -hmm. You guys, especially with role models, and just being role models even before the show that you guys are doing now, and, you know, people kind of come to you and you're aware of different, uh, I guess, ailments of the world that people want you to help with. How do you guys take care of yourselves and then decide to pick and choose what you do address? Dude, I'm so glad you brought this up because this is something that I constantly argue with my my inner family about my mom my stepdad um and my stepdad's an ex-police officer so they're kind of inbred with just like seeking out issues that's just the way that they are but i I mean every day i'm like turn off (laughs) the news turn off that like infectious disease crap sorry if i'm not like that's just that's just what it is if you if, if it's already happened and it's negative sure awareness matters but you know what doesn't matter someone who is like I mean, you're sitting in your house, you do what you do, and, like, there's people that are trained and their profession is taking care of issues. You stressing and worrying about it is just nothing but illness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just is. It's just negativity. It radi- there's a thing called uh, um, the uh, string theory. And the string theory basically is all the ways that our body interprets energy, more or less. Uh, from taste buds to eyesight to hearing, everything is a frequency. We like sound waves. We like, you know, even atoms and food vibrates at a certain frequency. That's how we dictate the different flavors. Our eyesight is just different uh, perceptions of color waves. Um, a lot of people don't realize that, that sounds and news, if you yell or cuss at a plant, it dies. If you play classical music to it, it grows mm-hmm. faster than it would normally. It's the same exact thing for negativity and news and topics. And there's a reason why it's being pumped through the media like it is. Be a smart person. Turn it off. Mm-hmm. Just turn it off. That's just period. That's just the end of the story. Turn it off. <laughs> I would love to, for these places yeah. to just not exist anymore. And this is the this is exactly why we made role models. Right, is because right. there needs to be more... Me- any, there needs to be more anything and everything that's like, yo, we know bad stuff's happening. It always has. And unfortunately, it probably always will. But you know what we're not going to do? We're not going to be weak enough to give it attention. What we're going to do is make you guys look at the stuff that's worth the attention. It's, and and that is, there's so much good in the world. Mm-hmm. There is so much yeah. good in the world. So why is most 90% of the television bad? Because it draws attention. Why is that? Because 
evil's one is taking it's taking the it's taking the forefront and we have the ability of changing that we really do Keith, <laughs> <laughs> well, you pretty much yeah, covered yeah. all out. That's it for Pit Club. I mean, I feel that one. I'm yeah. seriously passionate about yeah. that topic. I love that you brought that up, man, because it's it's just the truth. Yeah. I think too with that, uh, the the reason why people watch, um, and I'm part of, you know, the the problem sometimes. The reason that people watch that is because their lives are not in the position they they want it to be. Right. So they just want to see something worse going on so they feel better about themselves whereas it's like well if you want your life to be a certain place instead of watching TV then you should go and do it so Mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things too where you know you have a big amount of the population that you know after they finish work at five they don't go to the gym they don't do all that stuff and they just sit and watch TV but but how do you then but you you have to be able to know about something to to act for it or act against it so how do you decide how to consume the news in a way that you're going to find out what there is to do that you can be a part of but without kind of putting yourself in a negative space. Cognitive reconstruction. Boom. Basically changing your (laughs) thought process. Yeah. Because everyone, like news, uh, what people say, what people do, it affects people differently. And you have to know yourself first so that you'll know how to address the situation or the news. So that's the best way to go about that. Nice. I had a a friend actually today... because I just started getting weekends off, so I try to schedule all these meetings in the, on the weekend. And a friend, and she's she, I wanted to schedule it Sunday for brunch, and she's like, "No, Sunday is like my day. I don't look at, I don't do anything social media. I, you know, meditate. I go to yoga, and it's just me." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Man, like that." You know, I used to do stuff like that, and it's just essentially like a reset for the week. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you, you, you're you inundated with social media and all this other stuff, especially if it has something to do with, like, your life and your, your work. Just to take that Sunday off because, I mean, if the world were going to end, then you really don't need to know that because you're just going to go along with the world anyway. <laughs> so, you know, just take that day off to just kind of just concentrate on yourself and actually relax in every way possible. So, I mean, that's that would be a suggestion, too. Yeah, for I mean, wow. for me, it's been difficult. I, I mean, I try to like not follow the social media accounts that get me that like anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, about the world and what's happening. But when I am ready to read that news, I'll go and search for, you know, mm-hmm. I'll do a Twitter search, I'll yeah. do a Google search, and I'll say what's going on here. I've heard, you know, mm-hmm. so that's how I try to manage it. But mm-hmm. um, post more thirst tracks. <laughs> yeah, your thirst tracks got to make you happy. Kind of <laughs> help you deal with Sundays. the world. <laughs> Thirst Thursday. It's got to be alliterative. There you go. <laughs> uh, our last story we got is alcohol recovery. Um, so I, we process alcohol poorly as we age. Um, they say in your 20s to 30s, obviously your body's more resilient. And then as you get older, um, it has a lot more trouble handling the alcohol. And those that drink consistently from their 20s to 30s to their 60s and 70s actually suffer from anxiety and depression, as, to, um, as opposed to those who might pick it up in their 50s and 60s. For you guys, um, living this entertainment life and living in sort of the, the spotlight and the parties and having to deal with that lifestyle while maintaining a sort of healthy and fit life. And then I guess kind of as role models projecting that to the world, uh, how, you, how do you guys balance? How do you manage? Have you found it more difficult as you've gotten older? Well, I, I personally, I balance it. Like I come from a, a long line of alcoholics. So I've seen what it does firsthand. With my immediate family, I've seen, like, my father die. I've seen my grandfather die because of alcoholism. So um, I know uh, how to um, take it, you know, how to drink uh, in um, I swear. moderation. moderation. <laughs> moderation. How to drink it in moderation, but also not. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what's that word? Right. <laughs> and I, I party less as I get older, you yeah. know. Um, you know, your beliefs and everything goes different, and 
I just uh, do and live differently than I, I lived in my 20s. I'm 30 now, so. Yeah. yeah. No, that's funny, actually. Earlier we were in the car. He's got to go to uh, San Francisco next week for yeah. some work. He was like, I got people out there, you know, maybe we could, like, party up. I was like, oh, my brother like, yeah, sounds like you. He was like, he, <laughs> he laughed because that does I not exist. Home, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, last night we were in bed by, like, 8. Like, right. And when I say in bed, I was on the couch, and he was upstairs. Like, <laughs> we were sleeping. Be specific. Point. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I would agree. I mean, listen, alcohol is not natural. Yeah. It's not a natural substance for humans to congest or, uh, digest. Uh, it. It's literally poison. <laughs> so that, so it's just bad for you. It makes sense that it would deteriorate your body. It makes sense that it would cause depression. It makes sense that it would cause anxiety. I mean, like, uh, if we're talking consciously, the idea of alcohol is pretty just ridiculous. Like, you know, I, I actually was talking last week with someone about how interesting I find it that um, that the alcohol, when it was illegal, became legal, and, like, people fought for it. I understand that something that you can't have is more desirable. Mm -hmm. I understand that concept. However, if someone came up to me and said, hey, do you want to drink the liquid that makes you sick, vomit, act like a fool, and tomorrow you're going to kill yourself? I would say, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) However, um, it's extremely... It's it's. I mean, people say alcohol is socially acceptable. I say alcohol is socially uh, expected. It's a big difference, you know what I mean? No one asks you, like why you're drinking people ask you why you're not drinking mm-hmm. you know what i mean i think that's a flawed part of our society and when we're talking health it's definitely <laughs> definitely not good mm-hmm. so yeah why do you think some people can't function um, in a social setting without alcohol yeah uh, masking agents well i mean yeah. i think well i think alcohol in the short term is certainly an escape and i think maybe that's why you saw that you know the prohibition and people you know the 20s or 30s people got super depressed and they you know they had to get alcohol back um but yeah so i, I no but i that sounds like every yeah. movie on television yeah. but yeah just any drug is going to be an escape and then of course you have to balance it for you is it an escape and how do you utilize that escape mm-hmm. you know sometimes an escape can be a form of self-care if you utilize it correctly correct um yeah. but i think a lot of people miss that mark entirely wow, that was brilliant yeah. <laughs> if you utilize escape successfully it can be beneficial yeah, yeah. and that was brilliant Smith, he's going to quote that and patent it if an escape is used professionally and correctly it can be beneficial the new slogan for alcohol great yo hey talking about commercials for alcohol i'm not sure what i think it's uh man i want to say i i don't want to brand i don't want to mis mislead it but it's an alcohol company and their campaign is like the first latin american like uh pilot on the commercial and like the whole commercial is about like success to the Latin American like public mm-hmm. becoming the first female pilot, oh, but okay. they directly relate it to her drinking their alcohol. Oh, that wow. is some mental manipulation. Wow. Like, a good job subliminal messaging. You guys are whoever your PR team is, very brilliant. I would say ethically an F, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, people need to pay attention. A lot of actors, too, by the way, uh, actors and, and, and A-list anything, rappers, you name it, if you ever you know do watch their interviews, they're sober. Mm-hmm. And A lot of them are. They're, yeah. they're sober. And, and they all talk about how, like, yo, you just, you know, if you want success, alcohol is just not the way. They, mm-hmm. like, openly say that. Problem is that they also promote the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, you know, movies... If if you watch if you pay attention to movies, ninety percent of the scenes they got drinks in their hands. Yeah. That's crazy to me. And, and I think I think for us in the general public, that's where we have to do the work to to kind of separate the two. And as parents, you have to do the work to talk to your children to separate the two, because um, that's always going to exist. You know, as long as there's marketing, there's money out there. There's going to mm. be an element that. 
people promote things that aren't the healthiest because they're getting paid a certain amount of yeah. money. Uh, and maybe they don't even know either. Maybe they themselves are ignorant to what they're promoting as well. well they're on set. Like, I swear they told me that was a glass of water in the movie, but now that, <laughs> now that I watch it, that was clearly whiskey. Well, I mean, they say that same thing with the smoking. Like, you see somebody yeah. smoking, but they're not, they're really not smoking some, like, type of prop. And same thing with, you know, them having sex and they're not using condoms. It's like, that's, that's whole illusion with the movies where, yeah, parents definitely have to talk to their kids and, like, this is the scenario. This is, it's all an illusion versus, you know, what's real. So, but the alcohol thing. I mean, I was telling you before we started the show, it's just like I, I was getting, when life gets stressed, I was telling you, I think the last maybe two weeks ago, it's like I would have like a shot of vodka, I went yeah. from wine to vodka, because it's just like, you know, on a news day, 24-hour cycle, stuff's not even lasting 24 hours, so now you're like trying to cater to all these stories that are happening, and I get home and I'm like, okay, well, I did my workout, so I deserve this, <laughs> and it's like, no, you know, what are you going to do? Why are you having this? And does it does it need to be during the week? And so what I've decided now is just kind of like it's more of the, the meditation. So it's like I shut off the TV. I shut off everything. And it's like, okay, now I'm calming down naturally versus taking a shot and just kind of like, okay, this is the... Yeah. And how many people do that with even bad food where we work hard and we go, I yeah. deserve this. Wait, I deserve, wait, you deserve yeah. something that's going to like harm what you just yeah. did. Not every know? day, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once people, in a while. Someone uh, that I look up to recently told me that people are naturally destructive. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the underlying like truth to like all the things that make no sense that we do. Um, and I think having the, uh, the insight of yourself to know that you are and why, I don't know if it changes it, but it definitely makes you feel different when you mm-hmm. commit the, the self-destructive acts, Yeah, you know? And, and are you guys with role models, how, have you, how do you kind of institute that to what you guys are doing globally and want to do with these different companies and people? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, listen, uh, role models is not about, it's really just not about us. Yeah. Truth. I mean, we we definitely. I mean, every person. Rundown of what it is. Role models. Yeah. Okay, right. so role models yeah. is a non-scripted television series. Yeah. Uh, we partnered with Eon Twenty Four Seven out of Denver, as well as Worker Studios, which is a multi uh, multimedia graphics uh, company. They're they're amazing as well. Shout out to them. Um, and more or less, uh, role models is a non-scripted TV show about social influencers coming together and journeying from place to place, taking uh, sponsorship and and uh, uh, advertising dollars from companies and corporations, utilizing the the marketing budget, filtering it through a nonprofit. So it's considered a tax write-off, giving 100% of the money to charities along the way. <laughs> I'm getting funny looks yeah. over here. Keith's <laughs> like, this is where he goes off. All right. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, and and uh, the, the premise of the show, guys, is uh, Keith and I both feel, um, as well as the people we're partnered with, uh, that unfortunately in today's era with everything being so accessible on social media that the difference between someone to admire and, and aspire to be and someone who's famous the line has really been blurred mm-hmm. and kids of this generation as well as even adults you know what I mean uh, are losing sight in, in the difference of something to aspire to be someone to aspire to be a way to act a role model uh, versus fame and attention and it's time for somebody uh, to step up and say, "Hey, listen, uh, let's just let's just redefine or, or just show the world again that you can get attention for the right things." And we're not saying that we want attention for the right things. We're saying we're going to find the people who want the attention for the right things, and we're going to give them our platform to share other ways that they can help. I mean, hopefully, honestly, I guess our mission is to make an impact, and and it's not us making an impact. It's connecting 
the companies and corporations that have the ability to mm -hmm. to make an impact to the people that truly deserve it while inspiring kids hey this is how you can this is how you can really get what you want this is how you can become who you want to be and this is a way to feel good about it as well I love that that's amazing thank you and so you guys when do you guys begin this journey we actually uh, <coughs> already begun it actually <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like we just came from feeding the homeless with uh, uh, We Feed the Hungry um, down at Skid Row. Um, yeah, it's just our daily lives, just a lifestyle, and we want to redefine cool because it seems like everyone that does something good uh, or for someone else, they try to you know hide or they don't boast about it because they don't want to seem some type of way they're doing it because it's coming from a good place. But why? Yeah. Why not you know boast on the good things you do? Yeah. Why isn't it accepted? Why isn't it praised by social media? It's like people exploit themselves to uh, get this admiration, and why? Yeah, it was sort of there was that controversy a little bit about Drake's God's plan and yeah. you know, whether or not that was like being more self-serving than, you know, but I thought the result is beautiful, you know, that he's actually going out and doing this great thing. Why aren't we praising that so that other artists continue to do the same thing? Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't need that $10 million budget for this video. I mean, right. that, can do, that can be life-changing for so many people. Um, so I thought that was just a really positive thing, and hopefully other artists kind of take a page from but that. But I think some are, well, I know some artists do that stuff, and they don't want it to be um, about them. Yeah. Because they want it to stand on it, stand on its own, where, you know, people are doing those stuff, people are doing those things, and they're funding it, and they don't want it to be like, oh, the news headline is just about them, because it's going to take away from them. So you have artists who, you know, do that. But I think with that as well, it's like we have to inspire people to do things on their own as far as charity work, because because when you do charity work, it's so life changing. Right. Because like when I went to I went to Kenya and seeing how they were living in Kenya, like I didn't want I I had my eye on this Mustang. It's like I want this Mustang. Like, I, it's like I just want a car. Like I was back yeah. in college. It's like I just want a car. I'm yeah. gonna be happy. I have a car because there are people literally their arms are hanging off. And they couldn't go to the hospital. Like you know the it just really kind of puts things into perspective. Yeah. So I, I beyond I, I don't know in in America are you supposed to do you guys do charity work in in elementary school or no? I mean yeah. it depends on who you are as a person, right? No, well <laughs> in, in, my, we in my in my school we were we had to do that. Oh, you were for, okay, no. gotcha, so, gotcha. yeah, so like yeah, we I did I, we did that in elementary school, we did that in high school, so yeah. it was just like I've kind of known yeah, that get, stuff. In high school you get the community service hours. Yeah, so no, we yeah. were we, mm -hmm. we we did that. One of the guys we were with today at uh, feeding the homeless, uh, you know, uh, Super, super amazing dude. Like, when you meet someone who's full of, like, soul, you know what I mean? You just know, like, mm -hmm. right off the bat. You can tell. And this was one of those guys, like, honestly, just a good... Shout out to Styles. Yeah, yeah. he's a good dude. And uh, he was telling us, like, you know, I was uh, taking photos and posting about me help, uh, uh, basically giving this to that person. And, and people were commenting, like, you don't need to take photos. You don't need to, you know, uh, it's not about people don't want your stuff. They want your time, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. And, and he was like, hey, you know what? You're absolutely right. They, you know, they do want my time. And that, you know... We would love to also have you come. So he gave them the address, and he was expressing to Keith and I, like, you know, we don't really, I don't, I don't know how to feel about that when mm -hmm. someone leaves those comments. So my question is, why is there that kind of hate towards something like that? But if someone posts a, a photo of their naked body, mm -hmm. is very different. Yeah. And that's where it's twisted. Keith said on the way here, he was like, yo, this is backwards, man. This is backwards that people feel like it's more accepted to post a photo of, of your butt mm -hmm. and get attention for it than it is to post a photo given to people that could use it. Mm -hmm. And I understand the modesty aspect of it because people want to know it's coming from the right place in your right. heart. But I would rather question your modesty than question your ethics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And and that's where this needs to shift in the world. I would rather a kid be like, yo, I want. I would rather a kid say, I want to feed the homeless every day for the next however long days, year, mm-hmm. in hopes to gain 100,000 Instagram followers than a kid say, I'm going to go show my naked body forever in hopes right. that I get 100,000 Instagram yeah. followers. If we're going to break it down that way, I would rather a kid do good in hopes for the wrong reasons than do bad in hopes for the wrong yeah. reasons. Now, the comments that yeah. he was getting on I, his... I totally agree, yeah. On the comments that he was getting on his Instagram, was it just that one comment compared to all the... Because sometimes what we tend to do is we tend to isolate the negative comment and there might be 200 really good comments because yeah. people who are posting naked too, they get they negative... Get hate, com- yeah, they get hated yeah, yeah. as well. So it's just like maybe um, he shouldn't let that negative comment yeah, stop yeah. him from posting. Uh, he didn't mention it. I, I, my, my point wasn't so much... Uh, how he felt about it. My point was was more like, in general, people shouldn't be so concerned about like the reason. If you're doing like, but it's facts. Doing, though. It's no, facts. No. If I actually go on my Instagram right now and post a picture of me and my drawers, it would get. Lord knows well, I mean, somebody. Yeah. But if I post me feeding the homeless, yeah, not too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody on the live chat that? said that bald brother is fine. Like, <laughs> shout, out, shout, shout out to you, baby. Shout out to yeah, you, bald Serena. Brother. Serena, I'm not bald. Serena, Serena, Serena. I got a little bit here. I'm struggling, but Senator Q26. You're opening joke with how my hair looks. So I mean, Serenity. yeah, I definitely, I, I, I agree with that. But it's just like sometimes you just can't give. Right. You you energy. you know you can't give energy energy yeah. to that because we are in that society where social media and Instagram and all that thing is a thing. I and I I'm agree, I agree with you. I'd rather people you know use their minds and you know take care of one another than say I want to get famous so I can you know buy this and then not use not use that money to help others. But, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I think that's why that, that Drake video is so good because maybe that inspires people to do more of that uh, stuff. Drake's especially, Canadian. So but, especially, <laughs> 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 but especially for a lot of these rappers though, that they do promote just like whether it's smoking weed or drinking a lot mm-hmm. or you know, several women at night. You know, why not also promote I also do some good stuff too? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no. So like, if you're going to use your platform for whatever... You I know, think also that anybody can agree anybody can agree that somewhere along the line is twisted. Mm-hmm. Like we can argue about or, or disagree on like the where and the when and the how, but what is what is right now is not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know I think we I, mean? I think for the first time we all have a power to make it shift. Absolutely, and I don't think we had that power before just to create content to mm-hmm. to be able to talk about it openly and to to have the mediums to get the word out there. Uh, I, I don't think we had it before. I personally think the change will begin with musicians because they have yeah. the most influence on everyone. Yeah. That's who we listen to. They control our moods. They control yeah. everything. Yeah. So when they start, you know, uh, rapping or singing about more positivity, yeah. that's what's going to follow. And I, th- and I think I think it's happening to a degree. Mm-hmm. As a lot agree. of the yeah, ones yeah. that, like Jay-Z, as they get older, yeah. and they're getting more enlightened as people, and they start to start to put some of that messages into their mm-hmm. music. Because, you know, a lot of that stuff is just what they're living, you know. But so as they live differently, they start to talk differently. Yeah, a lot of the younger guys now who are like leading the industry yeah. rap about you know Molly Percocets and yeah. they're, they're all like cokeheads yeah. and but, know, a lot, but, you know, but again <laughs> again I bet you if you had a one on one conversation with them they would talk about what they really care about right yeah. I mean, yeah. it probably wouldn't be Molly Percocet and women it would be what like what they're actually yeah, where they want to get going yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah, singing yeah, about Molly true. Percocet and, and whatever and women yeah. and yeah. I guarantee if you said why are you singing about Molly Percocet and women and right now I have a real conversation with you and that's not a, you haven't mentioned it once why they say because this is what sells that's the problem that's exactly what we're trying to change because the generation that's buying records whatever they are concerned about Molly women. What you know that that's wrong. The, what's wrong is that the evil in the world sells. 
Someone's got to switch it. And why? It's because it's admired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? What cool? What the topic is and what's cool, that they don't have to be what it is. Yeah. But you I know? do think for the first time we're getting to talk to people behind the music and find out what mm-hmm. they really believe. Yeah, yeah. Like before we didn't get that, we just got the music. And yeah. so you just thought the music was what was representative of them. And now you get you get to hear, oh, no, this is my marketing strategy. Yeah. This is because this is what I think sells. We didn't actually get those answers before. Yeah. So I think that even yeah. kind of helped push forward the conversation. I would agree. I definitely think there's a shift in the world. And I think from what Keith and I, people we've talked to, Keith, you can chime in on this. Um, I do think that overall there is kind of a natural shift occurring in the, in the population. I think that everyone has gotten to a point where, like, they're kind of understanding what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. I think everyone on their own level is like, yo, this is not cool. <laughs> you know, I, I, would, I would say that. No, I totally agree. I definitely totally agree. You know. Yeah, I mean, you, you could take, for example, Takashi Six Nine. Like his stuff, he's a complete troll. However, <laughs> when he went over to, I believe it was Puerto Rico, and he was handing out money. Yeah. So it's like you know people are doing that, and I think um, I can't remember. It was actually Jay Z. He was doing an interview with um, David Letterman, and he was talking about you know the, the the current president that we have now, and he's like the good thing about the president that we have now is actually forcing us to to think what we want for our lives and actually take that put that into action. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we can no longer be asleep and just, you know, let everybody else take care of the work because, you know, if your family's not being taken care of or fed, then it's up to you to, to and, do that. And so. even right. in this age, I mean, look at Kim Kardashian just secured a clemency or helped secure a clemency for Alice Johnson with Trump because, right. to me, she kind of changed the metrics for him in terms of looking good in social media and mm-hmm. using her influence in that way. So even someone like Trump, once you change the motivations then you can maybe get the result that you want. I don't think no, we have she's it. She's not going to get the result. Was it a media huh? She's not going to get no, the result. No, but, but I'm saying the fact that she got her agency, her agency allowed that to happen. So at the end of the day, Alice Johnson is going to get to walk free True. because of the you power think? that Kim... Yeah, he's granting the clemency. So the power that Kim Kardashian had... It was granted, yeah. So the power that she's got... To when did he grant the, it? This morning. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I missed that one. So, it, it, I mean, it boggles the mind. But at the same time, look at this result as a result of I think she saw it on Mike she was having to watch some sort of social yeah, she, media well, and she got wind of the story so yeah. that's just the power of connecting stories that we've oh never boy. had before we're going to have Kanye as president in 2024 so, oh I don't know about God. that but, uh, but I, I just, Lord help us but I, I just thought it was an interesting anecdote because I don't I think you would ever have this situation you know be possible before a time like today. And which is interesting, so. too, because um, they wanted, this is going so off, but they, you know, Meek Mills was supposed to go and meet um, President Trump, and they talked him down from it yeah. to talk about prison reform. So I'm wondering if that would have changed. Like, if he actually had that conversation, that would have made him understand, or it would have been the result. Because everybody's thinking... Well, I mean, who understand? Trump? President Trump No, no, no. I, I think he, his metrics, I think this was just a good thing for a solid win for him. I don't think it translated anything to do with well, the feelings. Well, that's what I'm saying. Would it be believes. Would it be a solid win for him? You have all these people that are, that are in jail for marijuana, and marijuana in a lot of places is legal. Yeah. So that's, would that be a yeah, solid win no, for him? That's crazy. That's, yeah. what, that's what... Okay, so thinking from, like, my business side of my, minded, like, if I was... I, this is how I think about everything, by the way. If I was, like, in, in that position, Kim Kardashian or Trump, and here's this situation, right? I would think this is immediate, uh, immediate gratification situation that turns real bad real fast. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks good for a day, looks horrible for a year. And the reason why I say that is because, so now someone that Kim Kardashian had a heartwarming experience with mm-hmm. is free. What about the millions of other people that are in the prison system that 
are there for just as you know that that have just as much right to say they shouldn't be there mm-hmm. as this woman that doesn't rub elbows with Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. My, if well, I had no, a family wait, member wait, wait, that wait. was in prison well, right wait, now, she didn't rub elbows. Whatever. I mean, what, no, what, the one in the billion. The, you yeah. know what I mean? That's in she prison. Came I, about the story. No, no, she could have came but, about but, somebody else's story. It doesn't matter. There's so many people out there that's like, yo. So how do I get in touch? So Kim K is our way out. That's so rough. No, but I think I do think you have to say she heard about a story about a woman who had no shot, who had been denied clemency so many times. If she didn't hear that story and feel a type of way about it, this woman's life doesn't get ever rectified. But he's she saying that the there's a lot of people But it's not about the woman. It's about the Kim K no. could walk into the presidential office and, and give a case to that. Now our president of the United States. Is that a good thing or a bad thing, though? The, uh, I like mean, the most for ordinary. individual, absolutely a good thing. Yeah. But well, what about, like, she was bringing up the people that are in prison for marijuana when half our country now, marijuana is legal. Well, well, so what celebrity is going to step up now and go talk to Trump to get those guys out? You know what I mean? Well, that's what, just, what I do say is that I don't think that that's going to be something that he wants to touch in terms of the other motivations financially for prisons and what have you. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be to some degree held on account that he let this woman go, but he's not going further to kind of make sure yeah, legislatively that that, that policy is reflected in our, in our legislation. So I think he'll be held to account for it. I don't think he'll care, but I think he'll be held to account. So I think it does help push forward the conversation that this woman was let go. Yeah. Do you think he paid her? Paid or she paid him? No, no, no. I, I Kim think K paid the no, Trump? No, no, no. Yeah. no, 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 no the Trump, no, no. Trump literally denied no. the presidential, yeah. like, uh, uh, income. Like, he doesn't get no, paid. No, I think the motivation was definitely for the good PR. He can now yeah. say he's got a win here. Barack Obama had denied the woman's clemency three times. So now, you know, Trump's oh, real wow, legacy is to be anti-Obama. Mm. And so I think part of this is saying, okay, Obama didn't let her go, but I did. You yeah, know? so now the black so, vote went from 11% to 21%. Now it's going to be over 50. Yeah, yeah but guys, in, in, his, point, mind, the, in his mind. The point is that a woman got let out of prison. Yeah. Because she had Kim K behind her. Mm-hmm. I don't care. That but is we can so, the, like... No, but the positivity in that is that... What does that, that mean? <laughs> but is there a positivity in that an ordinary citizen can actually affect the president's... So since my... So if I went to jail for the wrong reasons and I was locked up and my dad tried super hard to get me out and he can't get a meeting with Trump, like, that's what I'm asking. Here's the so thing, now but you know if your dad... Some, people out of, the, out, of the, out of jail? No, but your dad could do an interview that might go viral that might... Like, that's a possibility now. Whereas before he had no shot. But now he might be able to reach someone that can make your story viral enough that the president of the United States would want to invite Kim to talk about it. Man, I mean, this I mean, is I just think it's lit a, little... a wildfire. <laughs> it's this a wild, wild thing has but... lit a wildfire. I mean, That's I guess going I, for. I, I, I would love to know Kim K's fan base male increase from prison for, at this point. <laughs> you know, everyone's like, "Hey, Kim, let me tell you my story." <laughs> right. Oh boy. But hey, if it gives, it's another shot for him to get out. Hey, it might, it might be good. <laughs> I mean, listen. I think overall the whole thing is good. I'd love to see this woman free again. It's a heart. It's a heart string. You know, like as far as the outcome is concerned, it's really good. Policy wise, how it went down, who did it. This is just the <laughs> beginning of the end. This, I mean, this is a horrible movie. Like as far as like storyline. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna. Should I? I should feel like I should. I should license this. Right. Story. This is optimistic. gonna be a really funny documentary down the line. I can promise you that. I'm remaining optimistic. Uh, my uh, last question for you guys: There, you're doing this in conjunction with your nonprofit, correct? Make yes, it happen. Make it happen. Uh, what was the inspiration for that? Well, uh, I come from a uh, from a treacherous environment, and make it happen was a term that one of my coaches uh, always used, and something that I always held myself accountable to is to make things happen, even when they're at their worst. And that pretty much was my childhood, and that's what pushed me. Um, from uh, from a tough place, and I wanted to do something with that. I had a uh, I have a best friend who's a brother to me pass away last November in a car accident, 
and we actually spoke about the infrastructure of Make It Happen. And I wanted to make sure that I carried it through for him, for myself, for us, for my community back home. So I wanted to uh, make it happen, and that's what I did. So, so if you put Make It Happen together, it also says Keith. So it was just like a given that I had to make it happen. So where can they find Make It Happen? Where can they find role models where people can support this and um, really kind of be plugged into what you guys are doing? On Instagram, we're pretty much going to be posting our whole journey, our whole tour, the whole movement. You could catch us on Instagram at Role Models WW. That's at Role Models WW. There you will see Make It Happen Instagram, which is Make It Happen 203. Nice. But I want to ask you guys a question real quick, and this is, what, this is kind of a part of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. What is your definition of a role model? Why? And then who is someone in your life that is a role model to you, and why? <laughs> oh, well, my mom. She's, she's a role dog. I mean, I can't even. She, I ran away from home when I was 17, and she still, like, was backing me. You know, she saw, she, she, she as a mother, that's just not, it, it, it ripped her, out, her heart out. But she knew me, and she knew my vision, and she still stood, stood behind me. Um, even to this point where it's just kind of like, I'm, I'm, she, she's in Canada, and she's missing her child, and all this other stuff. And it's just like, she always believes in the dream. And that's why I work so hard to take care of her. You know, that's why I do what I do. So... I believe, you know, you have a couple types of different role models, but to me, seeing her work for the government, getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, walking to work sometimes, you know, there was times where, the points in my life where she didn't have a car, she would take us everywhere on the subway, which is not easy for two kids under five. I mean, you know, you, that's, she is always, I don't care, you know, you can have the most money in the world and do all this other stuff, but the fact that she did all that stuff, and then also moved to Canada when she was 17 and managed to make a life for herself, so resilience, hard work, caring, heart. She made it happen. Yeah. That's yeah. cool, man. Without, without her and her work ethics, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Cool. Like that. Thanks for opening up about that, too. That's what we wanted. That's what, that's what we, that's yeah. what we're, hey, thanks, Mom. We got love on the <laughs> What's your name? What's your mom's it. name? Cora Bell. Cora yes. Bell. Shout out to you. You're a role model. I love that. Shocker. Oh, I like following that. Um, you know, <laughs> Mom, Sorry. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, for me, uh, I guess a role model is someone that, I guess, sacrifices. I, I guess that's what it comes down to, kind of knowing what you could have but deciding that you're going to have less for, for the benefit of somebody else. Mm. Um, so that, to me, is a role model. And I think you can be a role model in an in instance or you can be a role model for life. So I, I don't think it's ever confined to who you are uh, in any one moment or any one given moment. Um, so I think that's important to 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 notice is that people can be role models for a time or a day or a topic but that you know we look to them for what they are doing and not necessarily who they are in the totality of it all part-time role models so what's uh who's your role model for you man uh you know obviously my mom's been a huge role model for me that's just been a personal role model um but you know there's so many people like publicly you know like when you get to a barack obama but you look at the life that he's led um for me you get to a hillary clinton who you know who in this in the in the face of being vilified, still kind of persist. You know, mm-hmm. that, that idea of persisting for the benefit of others when you could go away and kind of relax. Um, so I, I think we have so many out there and we look to them for different things. But yeah, for me, it's just about looking at them for what they represent in that moment, in that time. That's cool. That's yeah. actually really cool. So like, 
You know, Bill Cosby pre the scandal. You know, I mean, he was impactful. I mean, I think what what it ha- what has to do is you you all we have a selfish nature and we also have a nature where we want to help people. And depending on who the person is, sometimes it's like ninety eight percent selfish. And you might have that two percent where you just help your kids. Yeah. And realizing that people are watching you no matter when you think they're not watching you. So uh, being selfless. And also realizing there's party aspects where there is the selfish, yeah. self, selfish aspect. Like, if, you know, if you want to go and have a nice meal, you can't. You can afford that, all this other stuff. So kind of realizing that and not being selfless because for, for, for the grammar forever. That's what's in your heart. Yeah. That's, you know, those are the type of role models that you keep there. And there are a lot more than, you know, what we think of. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. That's awesome, guys. Um, Matt. Yeah. I never, I never uh, asked you this, but what, what is your, your, who's your role model? Uh, I mean, so cliche. I mean, my mom is definitely my. I mean, okay, yeah, my mom's my. No question about it. My mom's my role model. She's like, Keith got to meet her recently. She's oh, like, she's, incre- she's been a teacher cook. for like twenty eight years, nice. but she is the most business oriented, smart. She's a chef, right? She's got all these like masters and all these topics topics, but she teaches middle school. Uh, because that's what she loves to do. I mean, being able to go to a restaurant and kids be like, hey, are you Miss Smith Tomzak's son? That's the coolest thing mm-hmm. in the world. Like, your favorite teacher is my mom. That is rock star, yeah. you know? Like, she's the coolest woman. Uh, so, and the reason why she's a role model for me is because um, she showed me my whole life. Uh, I mean, we grew up... I mean, I never lived in a house more than a year in my life up until she got remarried, like, evictions. It was rough. Never once was I hungry. Never once was I, like, uh, worried about if she loved me um so I guess the traits that I view a a role model as is someone who I think Shaka nailed it they're selfless but what's when I when I find a real special role model what it is is that they're selfless but they that's that's their happy place Mm -hmm. That's crazy to me. I mean, that almost like makes me want to cry because some like you are meeting someone who who is a role model because they love love what it even entails. Like when you meet that person, they've got a radiance about them. Yeah. It's like they are fulfilled for no other reason that they are living their dream to be able to put you before them. That is the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. So my mom is a role model to me. If we're gonna go someone outside the box that's not within my immediate family. Uh, listen, I think that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is cool. I mean, <laughs> he came from another country, right? Mm-hmm. So he was behind the block on that one. Uh, he talks about his work ethic physically, and I don't know if you guys have watched his interviews, but the way he explains it makes you inspired. Oh, yeah, yeah. His you know? mindset's just like, insane. He, he literally just, was yeah. like, I get to get off three times a day working out, post-workout. <laughs> he says that, like, quote, yeah. uh, which I think is hilarious that he puts it in that perspective because it's like, wow, I, maybe I want to do yeah, that. Yeah, he hit know? a mental conviction that, you know, he shouldn't have had, but he did. Yeah, you know? he was yeah. honest about it, and it was in the right direction, yeah. too, uh, what he's achieved. Um uh, you know, I think the reason why, uh, characteristically why he's a role model is not what he's uh, achieved, but because it's very clear that he achieved it because of the way he set his brain. Mm-hmm. And and I think it was that, like, practice failure um, daily, get your mind right, deny yourself, right? Denying yourself, I think, is a big thing because everyone has that side of them what they want mm-hmm. and then what they really want. And usually what you really want is like the best and what you want is like the distractions mm-hmm. so denying yourself I think is, is a role model trait yeah. 
Yeah, and he, even he had that scandal. But that's they, what I'm saying. They say if you follow someone for 500 miles, you'll be able to write a ticket. You know. Well, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just, you realize that everybody, everybody is flawed. And yeah. then when when you're looking, uh, when you're looking at role models, or you're looking, or if you are a role model, just realize that you know we're all human. Yeah. You know, everybody goes to the bathroom. Everybody, you know, and saying you, everybody has to sleep at one point. So it's just like realizing those flaws and they're 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 what they did overall kind of um kind of takes over from the flaws then i'm willing to you know yeah. it's like i can i can go i can everyone go has the opportunity to change yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, keith we, we're gonna finish it up yeah. i want to hear his <laughs> oh <'cause> this, <laughs> i'm gonna put you on the spot too bro well make it happen. of course my mother because yeah. she uh my mom was given 15 years shout um, out to the moms out there thank yeah, you right? my mom was yeah. given 15 years in jail she did eight um, she held responsibility for what she did, and she uh, did what she do, did to take care of her families, and I can only respect that. And she didn't, you know, tell on anybody. She just took it to the chin. Yeah. So I t- that that right there is admirable for myself and in my community. Um, the people I looked up to growing up was my uncles who were in and out of jail. They taught me the fitness aspect of life. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be big and stronger like them. But, like, my big homies from my block, Old Quest, Slim, you know, shout out to Nine Trey. Yeah. But, uh, I learned a lot from them. You know, they kept me out of the streets for the most part. You know, they knew I was great at football, so they uh, strayed me some away from the gangbang and et cetera, and uh, they kept me on the straight and narrow. So, yeah, shout out to them. They were my my role models. Yeah, mom's a community. I mean, that's what it's really all about. But uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us. We are looking forward for your updates on role models. We want to hear what you guys are up to. Um, Come back. We we love this. All right. So, um, again, guys, my name is Shaka Smith. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Shaka Strong. Matthew Smith. Uh, Y'all, just find us at Role Models uh, WW. At Keith Carlos on Instagram. Follow me so you never be lost. You like, don't steal it, don't steal it, come on. You can follow me on everything at TK Trinidad, also talking ish on TMZ, uh, Women's Pro Wrestling Weekly, Total Bellas, blah, 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 blah. You catch it all, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff at TK Trinidad. We'll see you guys next week. Yep. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire VHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.